Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Hello, faithful podcast listeners. Pastor Adam here. Hey, we wanted to just give you this uh, quick announcement. First of all, I want to say how much we love you and thank you for listening to this sermon podcast on the Potter's House Church here in Virginia Beach. And just wanted to give you a heads up, we're making some changes to this podcast uh, that's going to benefit you and also our ministry here in the Potter's House Church. So just to inform you, we've switched our podcasting host. It's a service called Anchor, and that has allowed us to uh, receive and generate some income through the placement of a couple of advertisements during our podcast. So we just wanted to inform you of this change because going forward, you are going to hear one or two 30-second ads during each podcast uh, sermon. So um, as a result of that small inconvenience on your part, it means that our church can monetize these podcasts, and also that means that we can receive some financial support so that we can continue the work of winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. So we just wanted to say thank you again for listening, thank you for subscribing, thank you for sharing these messages, and thank you for your patience as we make this helpful change. We hope you have a great day. God bless. Amen. What a privilege. John chapter 15 uh, and verse 16. I want to speak to you tonight about possibly one of the greatest, most agonizing, tormenting battles of life in the ministry. No doubt there's many battles raging here tonight, some with addictions. We know there's lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. Principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual host of weakness. Some are battling perhaps finances, sickness, the list goes on and on. But in my mind, probably in this building tonight, especially pastors and those in ministry and the greatest battle of life is with barrenness. I know what it's like to pioneer. Pioneered a number of churches. I know what it's like to be a missionary. I remember in Malaysia and different places, or God, where are the souls, the converts, people look at empty chairs, scream, pray over them, speak to them, command them. And I can identify with the frustration of Hannah. Why do you weep? Why do you not eat? Why is your heart grieved? Because there's no, no sons. And tonight in this place, 
I remember praying many, many years ago, and especially when I was in Malaysia, God, if you will give me men and money, by your grace, I'll fill the earth with your seed. I want to minister tonight on the battle with barrenness. I want to read one verse of scripture, John 15, verse 16, very familiar. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it you. Father, we come tonight by the blood We thank you, God, all you've done and all you're doing and the great expectation I feel tonight. I pray, God, give revelation and insight. Churches may grow. Ministries may prosper. God, give us nations as an inheritance. Give me words tonight of spirit and life. I thank you in Jesus' name. First of all, if you're going to be fruitful, You're going to have to go through the planting place. You show me fruit, and I'll show you a place where something or someone has been planted. God has a planting place for you. He'll have planting seasons, Psalms 92, verse 13 and 14. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fruitful and flourishing. John 12, 24, Most assuredly I say unto you, unless a grain of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abides alone. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. That's the planting place. Can God plant you? Are you planted in his will and in his purpose, his calling, his city, his nation? It's a place of surrender to God and his will. It has an address, it's geographic, but it's far more than that. Not just running here and there. Not like Jonah fighting God, running to Tarshish when God is pleading with him to grow to this great city of Nineveh. Building your excuses, line upon line, presenting your case, the planning place. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will. The planting place, it's conference, it's tonight. Every flag hanging in this building, I guarantee you, a couple was planted in that nation. They didn't just visit. They didn't just pass through, preach some messages. But they gave their life. Greg Mitchell planted in Johannesburg. We could go down the list. Mark and Michelle in the Philippines. We could talk about Russia and Mexico and and Australia and around the world. And the planting place is not a pleasant place. It was raised on a farm. 
When you're planted many times, it's dark, it's dirty, it's dull. It's a place where you feel restricted many times. You feel limited. Life closes in on you. Nothing seems to be happening. Seems to be no progress. Can be very mundane and routine. Added to that many times, the planting place is a lonely place. No one's planted there with you. Feel forgotten and forsaken. There's a tree at Granny's, if you'd put this tree up. This is an old walnut tree. And uh, I took this picture a few months ago, and you can see the flat spot on it. That's where I have my old homemade backboard and my rim off of some kind of wheel with Balaam wire. But that tree, no one in my family ever remembers planting it. Uh, what they perceive is, if you understand squirrels, they take walnuts and they'll bury them for the winter season. But sometimes they forget. And I wonder, and we've surmised this tree probably was forsaken and forgotten. It began to grow. I wonder about Joseph in Egypt as some couple of decades in the will of God planted in Egypt, but oh, the agony, forgotten, lonely. But the Bible says, Joseph, a fruitful bough, a fruitful branch by a well, his branches run over the wall. Everything the seed needs to grow, to flourish, to become that great tree is found in the planting place. It can be dark, it can be lonely, but all the nutritions are in the soil. The problem, if you don't process planting correctly, you'll interpret it as being buried. They both have similarities, but the difference is intent. If you interpret it as being buried, it's over, it's finished. This is the end. And you can become very bitter, twisted, even quit in the planting place. Blame God, blame your pastor, blame the fellowship, run away, become a rebel, hate the place, have a horrible attitude. But if you're not careful, you'll abort the very season and the very place that's critical for you being fruitful. I remember we went to Malaysia, Connie and I, 1987, launched out of this Bible conference. And we were there, we were excited, we've been there six weeks or so, Pastor Mitchell's coming in, we're going to do this crusade, various things, and the whole nation erupted. Uh, there was a coup, so to speak. They blamed the Christians. They threw several pastors in prison. It's a Muslim nation. I have no visa or nothing. Uh, Pastor Mitchell came in. The man that was hosting and working with us wouldn't even answer the phone. 
and my wife and I and, and J-Rel, Pastor, sent us to the Philippines. I remember the Galarmi Hotel. Some of you folks in the Philippines. <laughs> we were there for six weeks. I was preaching. And I remember Pastor Mitchell calling me. He said, Joe, if you want to come home, it's fine. I understand. I remember saying, you know what, Pastor? I believe God put me in Malaysia. Listen, hell will try to disrupt and uproot you from that very place. It wasn't easy. Uh, and you've heard me, I remember driving on the wrong side of the road. Everything's in Basa Malay. I could got my electric bill. The only thing I could read was the numbers. I went there, a pastor there was going to turn his church to me, and after I got there, he changed his mind. I'm lost one time for four or five hours, have no GPS, no cell, I have no clue. I could have been in Cuba. <laughs> but as I look back, as in that planting place, that God began to do things. They have a rally there every year. A number of the pastors been here. We thank you. Been there for that rally. Some 15 or so nations come into that rally. When I came back from Malaysia, people came to me and said, Pastor Campbell, you're different. There's an anointing. There's a dimension of God. Are you in the planting place tonight? Well, the problems in the planting place, I have here some, some walnuts. These are from that old tree. I picked them up. You can put them up on the overhead. This is you and I. In many cases. The planting place is also a place where there has to be a crushing and a cracking for God to release what he has deposited in you, that is the key to fruitfulness. Many times, if we're not careful, this becomes our identity. How many times do we fight God right here? I can remember being crushed, and any missionary knows what I'm talking about, uh, at various places in life. God can only release that huge tree, if this is willing to be crushed. I remember pioneering in Phoenix. I had an Illinois car. The radiator is about this thick. It's 110, 115 degrees. My radiator blew up. I'm out on Interstate 10. This is many, many years ago. I'm sitting on the hood of that car. It is unbelievably hot. I know basically no one in the valley. There's no cell phones, and I remember sitting there, thousands of people going by, no one stopping, and I'm thinking, my God, why am I here? <laughs> Crushed. How do you process that? Because the crushing many times comes with crisis and disappointments and setbacks and betrayals, the absence many kind of results. And we're outreaching one time, pioneering a church, uh, and uh, uh, Connie was helping me, it was 
in Phoenix, I believe it was, and, and the manager of some little mall there came and just tore her up, and she came running for me. She's weeping. Can God crush your plans and your dreams sometimes? Worldly desires, your funky attitudes, your comfort zone. It's difficult when you're this, if you'd put the tree back up, to ever imagine you could become that. That's one of the great strains of faith and difficulty when you're pioneering, when you're pastoring. So difficult to see the fruitfulness. You look at yourself, you look at your inabilities, you look at your circumstances, you look at your congregation or your ministry. Maybe you're taking blow after blow and trauma and you're, and you're thinking, my God, could, how could this ever become that? But it can Nelson Mandela, uh, incredible politician of our generation, and some of you know about been to Robben Island. They're off the coast of Cape Town, and he was in prison 27 years, I think 17 years in Robben Island, little tiny cell, little bunk, little table. And he made some statements he says, Robin Island shaped me and prepared me to be president of South Africa. I had to leave bitterness at the door. I cleaned and carried my own bucket every morning. He said, the cell caused me to see the bad and develop the good. What's your Robin Island? planting place. If you're going to be fruitful, you cannot abort or negate or escape this. Maybe you're there tonight. Don't interpret it as being buried because the planting place is all about future. The second thing that's critical to fruitfulness is dig it and dung it. Luke 13, 6, a certain man had a fig tree planted. We plant churches. This week, churches will be planted. Couples will be planted. We plant them in Chandler as well with hope and expectation. We plant them with purposes, as Brother Heinberg so preached, that they will reproduce what we are. Praying for fruitfulness. Reproduction. They're planted by faith. It's not an accident. It's not just happening. The Bible says in Luke 13, 6, the, the landowner, he came seeking fruit and found none and said, cut it down. As Pastor Warner mentioned this morning, sometimes are we too quick to cut it down. We see no results. They're not performing. They're not producing. Pastor Martinez here, a very good friend of mine, 10 years in Chandler. 
Now he run, chased me down in the parking lot at conference. Pastor, send me, send me. I said, you're not ready yet, James. You still beat your wife. No, 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 no. <laughs> but today, today, credible, credible, powerful church. Cut it down. Sometimes the problem is not just in the plant, but the soil. He said, wait, 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 wait. Let me dig it and dung it. The plant evidently was healthy. There's no fungus. There's no blight. There's no disease. No Japanese beetles. But the soil may not just be what's in you, but what's around you. Dig it. We have to disturb it. We have to turn over. It's, we have to disrupt your world. And again, the comfort zone many times. And there has to be this disturbance. And sometimes God does this. Sometimes your pastor does this. If you're not careful, you lose the absence of urgency or the absence of passion for souls and God. I was a missionary. My whole world spun out of control. Sometimes we need to be shaken. The giant redwoods, California, their seeds are covered with rosin. Takes a forest fire to release their germination to reproduce. I plant tomatoes. I, I, I love, you know, horticulture, gardening, and and I mean, had bumper crop. And then a few years ago, man, I, and, and I remember talking to Pastor Mitchell and Greg, nothing. I plant these, plants were wonderful and the soil. But you see, I just have a small area. I can plant maybe 25 plants. Uh, that's why you have to rotate crops sometimes because, and with tomatoes after a while, uh, the, uh, the phosphate and, and, and the chemicals, it, it, it uses it up uh, and, and I tried one year, I was, I was tired and everything and just kind of stuck them in the ground. But this year, uh, my grandson was here staying with me, Colin and some of his friends. Uh, and I, I said, listen, we're going to dig it up. I meant they're going to dig it up. <laughs> I got these spades. And I'm not talking about sticking it in. I'm talking about sticking it straight down. And so we turned the soil. And I added phosphate and and asked Pastor Mitchell and Greg, some of the guys already carried boxes of these tomatoes. Dig it. Can your pastor dig at you? Can he dig at you? It's uncomfortable. It's agitating. I've had Pastor Mitchell dig at me before. Camel, Joe Camel. <laughs> what are you doing? Jesus, I'll follow you. Well, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. The tree didn't do the digging. Do you fight the spade? Some sermons, no doubt sermons this week, will dig at you. Your spirit stir you, convict you. Jonah, the storm, the huge fish. What do you do right there? Do you run away? 
become deaf spiritually, defend, fight, sit on a hillside like Jonah pout and sulk. I went full-time many years ago in the ministry on $25 a week. But you know what? Something in the spirit, I mean, I literally believe for everything, but revival broke out. Paul on the Damascus Road, uh, this whole world spun blind. Lord, what would you have me do? Became this incredible man of fruitfulness. As I mentioned, Joseph in Egypt, sometimes it's chaos, it's crisis, it's conflict, it's disappointment. Words spoken in you and at you that cut you. Then said, let me dung it. How many ever been dunged here? Amen. Um, maybe you're in a congregation that dungs you once in a while. Amen. When I was a boy, we had a huge garden, and uh, my father, we had some horses, and um, ever so often, maybe not every year, but every other year, we would take horse manure. And it was organic, you know, in today's world. But that horse manure was rich with nutrients, some of the finest, especially if it has some age to it. I can remember I hated it. It builds the soil. It retains the water. It makes the roots strong. And that's the key to fruitfulness. One time, Connie and I was living at Granny's back in kind of the hippie days, uh, and we had a garden. I planted these onions where that old horse barn where it was. Massive onions. I'm telling you, that old horse manure did the trick. Sweet. They were so sweet, you didn't want a hamburger. Just put the onion between two buns. Maybe that's what God wants to do to you. Have you ever been dunged? Do you need a good dunging this week? It's not pleasant. It's not appealing. Uh, has odor to it. It's pungent. It's sharp again. May not be to your taste. It's not appealing to you. Doesn't come in a package you like or a personality you like. People normally in the ministry are God's instrument for dunging you. I remember years ago in Chandler, we had this evangelist. He was obnoxious, throw chairs, do all kinds of stuff, call people out and give them these, these blistering words. And every night the revival grew, people got saved. You know, we had a, a power failure and uh, it was like 110 degrees, 30 filled with the Holy Ghost. And, but what was happening in, in hindsight, he was agitating and stirring and dunging and digging. Don't misinterpret that because it can be painful. I got a letter from some people in one of our churches. Great to know the pastor personally. Known him since he was a young boy. Forty pages of dung in this letter to the pastor. It's an envelope full. How do you process that? 
What's your attitude? Does it make you like those onions? Does it make you produce something that's massive and delicious? Or does it make you bitter? Hate people, hate the ministry. Twisted. Blaming. Hate the city, hate the nation. I've been places, I've been with people. Remember one time years ago, a pastor's wife, please speak to my husband. He's crazy. <laughs> he hates it. He's going to kill somebody. If you've ever been a missionary, you know it's possible, huh, Pastor Payne? <laughs> <laughs> Let me close tonight. These are places that you're going to have to go through sometimes. I want to close tonight with the pruning place. Place of more fruit. John 51 and 2. I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. This has to do with being cut, severed, sheared. Somebody, they call them loppers. Pruning is painful. It's cutting things off of you many times that mean nothing to God but mean everything to you. Pruning is cutting now that which would limit you and restrict you tomorrow. The pruning is about now. The fruitfulness is in the future. Grannies again. One year I went back to Granny's. We got a few cherry trees, some apple trees, peach trees, and uh, basically that, a couple others, but pear tree. And hadn't been pruned in years. And I'm looking at the, and it's this knobby, twisted, unedible, ugly looking thing. See, pruning with trees, it, it, they, you prune the inside. And this is so the air, one, the air can blow through. If you don't do that, they become diseased, number one. But all of these access branches uh, sap all the energy that would go to fruit. What about you this evening? God sometimes has to prune people out of your life. Because down the road, they're going to divert you. People, many times, that have influence, they have a voice in your ear. Their spirit is locking you or the church. And God sees down the road. Our fellowship over the years has had various seasons of pruning. John 6, 66, from this time many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Jesus turned to the 12 and says, you also want to go away. 
Pruning normally is in the dormant season, the winter time. Nothing is happening. Uh, maybe you've just come through a great season of fruitfulness, uh, a time of joy, a time of excitement. The church is growing, your ministry, things are happening. And now it's kind of gone dormant. You're not prepared. 1990, our fellowship, my knowledge, the first real pruning, 85 churches left. Half of our fellowship left. 85 about remained. I remember being in that meeting and it was brutal. It was nasty. It was ungodly. It was, it was demonic inspired. But looking back in hindsight, there were individuals there and ideas and attitudes of seeds of rebellion and a lack of respect and a loss of vision and a lot of things were working. And if that would have been allowed to remain, Today, not 85 churches, but some 2,600 churches. Would you give God praise? The problem again, and no doubt there's pastors here, and, and I know I preach and talk, and there's pastors here, and all oh, your heart, God, 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 I'm tired of 30 people or 25 or 50. I, God, 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 help me. If you're not careful, you begin to view pruning as punishment. Why is this happening? This person that gave a lot of money, just gone. Not fair, God, it's not right. The difference in pruning and punishment is the intent. Both are cutting, both are painful. It's the difference between being in the back alley with someone with a blade and Dr. Dungy that just did this whole knee replacement on me. The difference is intent. One is to destroy. The other is to improve and make you more effective and able to function. Pruning is about fruitfulness. Why is this happening to me? If you're not careful, you get caught up in that. You'll never be prepared without pruning. Pruning your lifestyle, attitudes, problem right there many times the devil's whispering in your ear God's punishing you right here again if you're not careful I've seen them begin to blame and become twisted ah, now I just got moved by the emotion of a conference or something if I hadn't went out in this and that and that and this I'd be a professor today or said no you wouldn't what a joke from bitter, resentful. I wonder if it's not the seed many times of rebellion. But don't spend your life running after people and things that God's trying to prune. He has to prune to remove the trap many times that's being set for you down the road of fruitfulness. He'll prune you. Jacob Jacob's coming back. He's been fruitful. There are those here fruitful, but you want more fruit. He's coming back. He has family, he has flocks and herds, but God meets him and says, no, 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 no. 
I don't want you to, I'm going to make it Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the father of 12 tribes of Israel. But we're going to have a battle right here. You know the very famous scripture, angel of the Lord wrestling with him all night, uh, kicks his leg out, his hip out of joint. He's a runner. That's pruning. Are you lazy? Character flaws, horrible with money. Not disciplined, and, and we could go, but somewhere God caught him. He said, "On's coming. And Jacob said, don't release me. I will not release you till you bless me, till you make me fruitful. And God says, what's your name? Let me ask you, what's your name tonight? God knew his name, but he had to admit his name, Jacob, I'm a schemer. I'm a con man. I'm, I, I, know how to, I know how to work the system. I know how to do this and do that. What's your name? And he said, Jacob. wonder how many here tonight, God's got you in the pruning place. Not to punish you, but to deal with deep issues and to remove things from your life. Sometimes people, sometimes lifestyle, sometimes entertainment, not always evil. So that he can take you to a whole nother dimension of fruitfulness. The planning place, the dig and dunging place, and the pruning place. Somewhere you're going to have to go through this season in this place to be all God would do through you and call you to be. I ask you to bow your head with me this evening. God, we thank you tonight, Lord. Presence, your power, God, all you've done. You're here tonight. Uh, before we do anything else, the first place you have to come to is the cross. God, it's me. I'm not saved. I'm not right. I'm not living for God. I'm a backslider, maybe. Hidden sin, secret sin. You can come to church, be lost, going to hell playing games and secret sin. You're here tonight to say, Pastor Campbell, I want what God has for me. I want to be forgiven, God. I want to be right with God. I want to be hiding sin. and I don't want to miss what God has. I want to miss heaven. If you're here tonight, you say, Pastor, I need to get my heart right with God. I'm unsaved. I'm lost. I'm backslidden. I'm playing games with God. God's dealing with you right now. And you feel God's love and mercy laying hold of your heart. That's you this evening. All over this building, left to right, front, you'd lift your hand. Just lift it up and hold it. Lift it up and hold it that I can see it. Help me, ushers. 
Lift it up and hold it. Pastor, that's me. I see your hand. God bless you. Help me. Who else? I see your hand. God bless you. I see your hand up here. God bless you. Who else? In the back. Okay, I see your hand back there. Yes, thank you for your honesty. Who else? You lift your hand. Join these. That's me. That's me. Over on my right, you've got your hand lifted. Hard to see. Hell, anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Yes, yes, God bless you. Backslider, backslider. Anyone else? Anyone else? All of those who lifted your hand, I want you to lift it up and hold it. Lift it up and hold it right now. Your hand's lifted. I want you to stand to your feet. I'm going to give you a chance to come to the altar. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet up here. Back in the back, would you stand to your feet? Over here, someone, would you stand to your feet? I want you to make your way to the front. Someone's going to pray with you. In the back over on my left, back there, I want you to come. Someone's going to pray with you. Over here, someone's going to pray with you. Someone's going to pray with you. Very simple message. The battle with barrenness can be agonizing. We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vvph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website at vvph.org and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people.